Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome back to the College Info Geek podcast quarantine edition. And this time, well, Yay. I was about to say this time I'm underwater, but nobody can actually see my virtual Zoom background because I'm filming this. Oh, yeah, that's true. On that's the other true. camera. <clears throat> I thought about putting the green screen behind me and then compositing this background in the actual video. And I may do that in like may or something but i figured you would yell at me for overcomplicating the setup even more it would be over so i didn't do that I, I moved everything in my living room to do this my desk is in the middle of the floor right now as are most things because the lighting only comes you from a tiny office. corner just need to get you an office that is always set up so you don't have to i don't have like don't have redo your entire also the room i was using as my office Terrible, terrible lighting because at the time of day I would be doing anything, lights will not be coming through the window. Mm. So it's just gotcha. a kind of weirdly placed. Windows. Well, anyway, as always, this is the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for learning how to cut your own hair. Oh no. While you're locked down, which I am just not going to do. Oh, come on, Tom. You just already know how to do that. You used to do it. You just buzz cut. Hair. You just yeah, I'm not going to be right that. off. <laughs> I'm not doing the J Beeps hair. Or no, I'm not doing the buzz cut hair. I'm doing the J Beeps hair. And I'm on my way to the Keanu hair. It's only okay. a matter of time, Martin. That's fair. I'll try to grow mine back to the collarbone. I don't know. That's gonna take a little bit more quarantining. Mm, it's gonna take what, like a year, probably? Yeah, prob given probably given your current least, hair length. Probably at least a year. I hope um, we're not quarantined for a year. Yeah. I'm going a little stir crazy. <laughs> What are you going to do? Though I am, I am, uh, I'm staying sane by playing a lot of online games with friends, actually far more than I usually would. Yeah. So I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm getting a decent amount of social interaction just by playing, uh, well, I've been playing don't starve with a good number of people play a little bit of agent of empires. And then, uh, I found out that I can, play Jackbox with my friends by yeah. getting all of us on a Zoom call and then I share my screen which did require me to rebuy a bunch of the Jackbox games on Steam uh, but it's a, it's a necessary expense and then I can share my screen and the lag is really not an issue yeah uh, as long as everyone there has a, everyone who's playing has a decent internet connection there's not much lag so uh, I actually don't know when exactly we're going to be doing this but I think um, some of my YouTuber friends and I are going to be doing a charity stream on Twitch. Um, we're just going to be doing some quarantine games. And I think this podcast should be out well before that goes live. So I would say if you are interested in that, uh, follow me on Twitter, Tom Frankly, and I will be putting out information about that. Probably to the newsletter too. Yeah, I'm still waiting for updates on it, but it's going to be fun. And I take it you've been decently social because of Animal Crossing. 
I've been more social since that game has come out than I have been in literal years. I've been more social in the last few weeks than I have since before I came to Colorado. Mm. E- easily. Also, I've probably put in 100 hours already. Wait, how long has the game been out? Since the 20th. I mean, Anna's and been playing a lot too. Oh, the, oh, it's been out for that long? Yeah, it came out on the 20th. I thought it came out last week. Okay, so it's been out for almost two weeks now. Yeah. I've easily and got. Has been complaining because it's uh, like it's, it's just eggs now. Which, well, it's, it's the like Easter Bunny season. There are eggs everywhere. Yeah, she's convinced that it's going to be nothing but eggs until Easter. But I, I just can't see Nintendo doing that. And well, I don't know. I mean, it's not nothing but eggs. She was saying There's like the every rest time of the you game. go fishing. She was saying every time you go fishing, you just get an egg now, and every time you dig up something, you just get an egg now. It's like, well, that's not true. I got I got down. fossils, and I caught fish. It's mm. just you're likely to get those things, but it's only going to look like all of them if you're just focusing in on the eggs. Ah, they're spread in there. You can't let your entire worldview but be contained within a small egg. It's true, but but I've played with like maybe ten or twelve people right now. I've got another seven or eight that I'm going to. Hmm. And then I've been more social and with outside of Animal Crossing as well, just forever because I'm like uh, doing doing a lot better job of tracking the social stuff because now it's my only social interaction. So yeah, are you actually tracking your yeah. social interactions? Yeah. Is the, is that something that we should talk about in this episode? I mean, I'm not. I don't know if it fits the title, but we could just talk about it anyway. Uh, it, it, it'll probably come up. All right. It's uh. Well, I think it does fit in a way. Apparently, we're talking about uh when to be unproductive this week, which this is sacrilege. During the hundred hours of Animal this? Crossing, I've played. That's when. <laughs> Did you come up with this title just so you could justify playing Animal Crossing? No. For a hundred hours. I mean. I don't need to justify that. I would just do it anyway. I didn't even mm. know. And I just checked my profile and like a week ago, it was like 85 plus hours played. And I was like, what? And then, That's you know, I played a bunch more. So what are you going to do? No, again, I've put a fair amount of hours in the Don't Starve recently. So, yeah. Well, I, I wanted to do this episode because I wanted to balance out the stream of uh, productivity advice that uh, we and many others on the internet are giving out right now, like uh, how to function while stuck at home, which is very useful, Hmm. or how to concern yourself with a possible recession, which is very important, or other such things. Because right now is also a stressful time. And I think if people push themselves too hard on all of that, this is important, and we should do it stuff, they might uh, hurt their mental health in a way that not only makes their life worse, but disables them from doing those productive productivity things anyway, because they'll be Uh, too stressed. Like this is We've been stuck in a house. Uh, people are not being able to work. Stuff's really stressful. And sometimes you need to just remember how to enjoy being alive for a few seconds so that you have the energy to push yourself. Otherwise, it's not going to work out very well. Yeah. Okay. This may be an episode that I need to hear because the moment all this stuff popped off, uh, I just responded by immediately stressing myself out a ton. Yeah, I went in and you know how one of my commitments for this year was to do like less in terms of output. Well, that was never going to happen. Yeah, all this popped off and I was like, oh, oh no, I have to do more. 
Yeah. Because and, and I mean, it, it's not like you're wrong. It's, yeah. it's just that that's a very stressful thing to have to suddenly do. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, like this is a time that I feel I have to step up and, and work even harder. Um, and like so far it's, it's fine, but it is quite stressful to be honest. Like there's a lot of uncertainty in the next coming months and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. So yeah, I've just been kind of preoccupied by that the entire time. Yeah. Like it's, uh, and it's perfectly reasonable things to be worried about. The productivity content that's being put out right now is helpful and necessary. I should be concerned about whether things are going to be okay. That's important. But I think yeah. that, I mean, this applies to in general as well. Just, you know, everything needs to be, I talked about it a little bit on the last five questions when uh, somebody was unsure if they could could like photography because they didn't think they could take anything worth taking. The idea that we have to have something worth presenting or impressing somebody with or that makes us cool on the internet. It, if it's not worth showing off, we failed. If it's not crazy productive, look how impressive I am. It's completely pointless. And I think that that mindset is uh, very unhealthy. And that right now, given the stresses that we're feeling, one might be more likely to push themselves in that direction and burn out quickly. And if we've got mm. something bad coming down the line, we don't want to burn out quickly. We want the stamina to get through the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't want to be left burnt out in the middle of, of everything. I want to find a way to keep going at a reasonably productive pace that doesn't stop me. Yeah, I mean, especially if uh, if things get worse, you know. Yeah. And who, who knows? Like, they could get better, they could get worse. But if things get worse and you burn yourself out, then you're not prepared to deal with an even harder period of time. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep <clears throat> um, my mental health okay, which is you know, it's all you know it's already a challenge in life sometimes. But right yeah. now, I'm, I feel more important because I'm like, what if uh, my family needs me? What if what if anybody yeah. that I care about or myself has some sort of problem that I need to be ready for. Well, I can't be ready for it if I'm panicking about my own stuff, worrying about like my Instagram follower count or some stuff like that. I need a strategy. So yeah, I want to keep things toned down so that I can function. And um, so I saw, I saw a similar, I saw a thing on Twitter not too long ago where somebody was talking about ways to decommodify yourself. So we're not, not going to be a, a commodity as much like personal branding and all of the internet stuff makes it seem like, like, again, we're mm. nothing if we're not the product of what we yeah. present to the world. You have to sell and, yourself constantly. Yeah. So they were like, here are some ways to not do that. Uh, don't have side projects. Don't take your notes too much. Don't track your habits right now. Don't produce content. And I don't just, I don't agree with doing all of these things at all at, at once. Like I do most of these things, but I love the sentiment of pushing back on the idea that I am just the product of what I can show off. Yeah. Uh, I had a comment in one of my Skillshare courses yesterday. Um, and actually I want to pull it up because I can't remember uh, who specifically this person was talking about, but she had mentioned that uh, there was a TEDx talk from somebody who had mentioned that having long-term goals is limiting and not helpful. Let's see here. Um, Kayana Cave, 
and is that is that a last name cave it is uh, yeah uh oh there's an accent on the e that she didn't put in the comment that's why uh yeah so she apparently had this tedx talk about um goals which i have not uh watched it i just remember reading the comment but i've seen messages like this in the past some people think having long-term goals is limiting they think it's not helpful um whereas other people obviously think you know you should have goals otherwise what are you doing how do you know where you're going in life and just kind of got me thinking about um this sort of pressure we put on ourselves to have a goal for basically every action we perform. Uh, and I know like you, you've had this in the past, get to the point where uh, it's like a backlog of video games that you're trying to complete. So even playing games at the end of the day to relax becomes yeah. like progress towards this weird overarching goal. Yeah, it's like, that. if I don't beat this game fast enough, I won't be ready for the new one that's going to come out, and then I won't have time to play that, and then how am I going to do everything else? That's supposed to be fun. It's yeah. a, literally a video game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I guess my thought on that was, um, I don't think there is a definite answer to the question of, like, are goals helpful or harmful? Because everyone has a unique brain, and everyone has a unique way in which they best work. So some people can get up every day and they can basically just like spend their lives exploring and doing what's interesting to them in the moment and be incredibly successful that way. Uh, and there's certainly justifications on that side of things. You're leaving your mind open to new paths and possibilities. You let yourself pivot more easily. But then some people are better driven by kind of a long-term plan that guides their actions. And sometimes those people are incredibly successful as well. And I feel like when we have people who put out a statement, like goals are useful or goals are not useful, um, there's a lot of their personal experience they can draw upon to justify that. There are probably other stories from other people that they can use to justify that. And they'll make very compelling arguments. But then like the other people who operate in the exact opposite way, like, all the while they're doing just fine. Also yeah. make progress. Yeah. Now this is why I wanted to title this when to be unproductive. You know, it's not, it could be more clickbaity, I guess, if it was like 10 reasons you should stop productivity, but that's like, that's not <laughs> nuanced to me. And obviously I, I mean, in the recent past, we have had now two videos where a random system that I've come up with to manage my own things has been mentioned. Clearly mm -hmm. I like these sorts of things. Yeah. But there's a there's a balance to be struck. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it'd be useful to talk about some of the things that maybe I've been doing. I don't know if you've been doing to cut back and rediscover my innate humanity. You know, that's yeah. out, outside of accomplishments because I am more than a list of things that I have done. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe why people should make a point in between the hard things they'll do to prepare to get through things to remember that they're alive. And that that's already interesting and valuable without needing to impress anybody. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've been doing recently then? Okay. So, um, cause I'm not going to lie. I have been sort of stressing myself out and overly thinking about being productive recently. I mean, if anything, uh, this lockdown has improved my routines um, which is a weird thing 
And I think like a lot of people naturally, it, it would be very tough for that to happen because their routines are sort of set by them going to some place other than their home. And when that yeah. is sort of ripped away from them, it's hard to form a new routine. In my case, it was like, I could always choose to work from home or go work somewhere else. That choice has been taken away from me. So it's like, now I know where I go work. Yeah, this is like it's the just, same logic. It's of just the office. Wearing the same outfit every day, it gets rid of that yeah. little choice, and then you're you're, mm-hmm. you're done. But also, I mean, I think one thing that I am heavily motivated by is um, like the threat of a consequence, and this whole like you know having the future of our business and the whole economy and all the whole society thrown into question has just sort of like focused my mind and made me kind of overly focused on being productive. Um, but I think you're right. Like if, if I'm constantly focused on that, then there's a potential of a burnout again. Yeah. And like, I, I totally agree. And I, I'm trying to do more and be more focused, but because of that, I don't have the mental space to push myself as much on other things. Like I can't also do some crazy photography challenge right now. Mm. Right now, there are fewer things that are important and they, they need to take most of my productive mental space. I can't be pushing in every direction right now. So I've, I've cut back on a lot of my habits to be much simpler. To, um, be, I was just finding less joy in them recently. Yeah, I'm stressed out. Um, I can, let's see, I've cut back. So I was working out pretty thoroughly. Um, I have had to pull back on that, not only because um, I'm trying to simplify my habits so I can get get through the things that are keeping me main, maintained and get to work on the important things right now, but also because I want to conserve calories because the stores don't keep food enough. And when I work mm. out a lot, I get very hungry. So that's not useful right now. So I have to, I've had to cut back that goal and that's just being realistic right now. I don't have the excess calories lying around the house to, you know, bulk up or something. That'd be a bad time for that. Um, is that because the things you eat have been out of stock or what? It's more because I'm trying to go to the store as few times as possible. And oh yeah, that's fair. The things that I want to buy are often not in stock. And also I'm just foreseeing what if, what happens when I go and there is nothing like the things that I would buy. I, I want to have my food stretch as far as possible, which is great for my grocery budget, by the way, it's been helping, but, <laughs> but yeah, that man, helps. I waste so much less money on food now. That's a silver yeah. lining, but I'm, so a while back, I had pulled back my Instagram posting from daily to Monday, Wednesday, Friday, because it was becoming a chore. And now it's kind of like I'll accidentally have enough to do it just by taking them. And yeah. I might try a little harder right now because I'm trying to share spring plants with the people that cannot go enjoy spring plants as much. Um, Wait, what? I'm sharing plant photos. So I'm like a little more oh, motivated photo, to take okay. photos because I can share spring with yeah. people that can't really go enjoy it to the same extent as normal. So that is the one uh, big benefit of living in like a, the type of neighborhood we do. Like you're not in a yeah. high rise apartment. So, so you I've, can just I've been making a point to, door. I'm a little more motivated for, to get content to people in that way, just because that's, I think cool right now. 
but I've mm-hmm. cut back some of my language practice, my Japanese practice. I've simplified greatly, and um, I'm just not worrying about as much. I don't have any huge art goal right now. For a while, I was working yeah. on my cover of the song KK Cruisin'. A while before that, I was working on that winter Pokemon scene with the persimmons, both of which took tons of time and effort to put together. Right now, I have nothing like that. Because that was like, I don't have the space your nights for, for a while was, was just that project, right? Yeah. Like it was my, if I put in an hour or two every night and do a project that's big, I can do something incredible in a short amount of time. And I still mm-hmm. believe that's true. But right now, the something incredible I want is to get through this with my mental health and preferably physical and financial and emo- all of the healths, every one of them, if I can be greedy about it, intact. That's yeah. more important to me than a huge art project that's really cool right now. Yeah. And I'll still yeah, mess around fair. with those things. But before, I was, they were in a system. Before, they were, this is what I need to do tonight, at least mm-hmm. 40 minutes of this. But now I've been like, I'm going to play Animal Crossing because I see that I have a few friends playing right now. And that's yeah going to be better to give me the energy I need to focus my on my work basically Mm -hmm. more so than personally impressive art projects. Um, so that's just the habits that have been cut back a lot. Um, part of parts of my home are a huge mess and that bothers me a lot, but I have not been doing much to fix them simply because again, that's not that important in the grand scheme of things at the moment. If there's like a section of the living room, that's not great. Usually I would put more effort into it, but I'm trying to conserve all that energy for, for working. I think it's an, it's an interesting phenomenon where it's like, uh, once, once your option to do something has been taken away, that's when you want to do it. And it's an interesting permutation of that phenomenon here because we still have the ability to socialize with people on the internet. And there's no foreseeable end date to that. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think that I'm gonna not be able to like play the- games online with my friends at any time. But I think there's still like this psychological realization that a lot of our ability to socialize has been taken away, even if it's not entirely. It's like you know many of the avenues have been t- taken away, and we all kind of have the same response to that anyway. So, I mean, I don't know how you've been feeling about this, but I have been feeling more apt to go ping my friends on Slack or text people and be like, hey, let's play Don't Starve. Let's play Age of Empires. Let's play Jackbox or do something. Um, And as a result, like my, I guess the personal pressure I put on myself to do side projects or to do music or whatever uh, has been lowered. Yeah. It's like my priorities have been shifted. Yeah, I, I, f- I feel like that. Like, uh, given that I've been tracking it, I could tell you right now that I started tracking somewhere like halfway through March. So I don't know the exact start date because that's not how my system's working right now. Mm-hmm. But within that amount of time, within the last like monthish, I have basically I've basically talked to no fewer than 33 people that I consider close like acquaintances or friends or anything like that. And I have days where I'd talk to like 10 or 12 people all that day. And then again, the next day, 
and and many people that I'm now talking to on a daily basis in a way that I just didn't at all. I'm keeping track way more. It seems like the priorities have shifted. It's just I'm aware yeah. of my isolation now that it's not my choice. And because of that, I'm reassessing my values. Mm-hmm. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Skillshare, which is an online learning website that has thousands of classes which can boost your skills in a ton of different areas. There are classes on video editing, lots of cool video editing classes actually, Final Cut Pro, Premiere Pro, After Effects Animation, tons of stuff that I've actually used, not used, used to boost my own After Effects chops in many cases, trying to get better animation. They've got classes on digital illustration, on Procreate, iPad illustration, uh, lots of different art forms, music production. So if you are looking to take on a new hobby or build a new skill and you have some downtime, Skillshare is an excellent resource for that. But I do want to promo a new class that just launched on the platform, which is my friend Ali Abdal's class, How to Study for Exams, an evidence-based masterclass. This is a four and a half hour long class that goes through basically everything you could ever want to know about how to study for exams. He goes through a ton of different science. He goes through a ton of different results and breaks down uh, using evidence to, it breaks down the ways to study as effectively as possible. And because we are right at the start of April, even if you are doing classes at home, you probably have exams coming up pretty soon. So it might be an interesting class to go check out. Of course, there are thousands of other classes on the platform. And if you're one of the first 1000 people to go over to skillshare.com geek and sign up, you're going to get a two month free trial with unlimited access to that platform. So you can take as many classes as you want for free during those two months. And even after that, Skillshare is still incredibly affordable at less than 10 bucks per month. And in case you are unaware, in case you haven't listened to other ads on this show before, I actually have two courses on Skillshare. One of them is on how to build strong habits. And one is on how to build your productivity system, which consists of your task manager, your calendar, your note-taking system, all that good stuff and uh, making them work in harmony. So once again, Skillshare.com slash geek and be one of the first 1000 people to sign up using that link to get a two month free trial and to take as many classes as you want. Huge thanks as always to Skillshare for sponsoring this episode and being a big supporter of our show. And another big thanks goes out to our second sponsor this week, which is Brilliant. Brilliant is a great learning resource for anybody who wants to improve their analytical capabilities and their problem solving skills. And that is because they have this excellent library of more than 60 courses that cover math, science, and computer science. And all the courses in that library are built around the principle of active learning. It's a great supplement to the class material you might be taking where you're reading books, watching videos, because everything in Brilliant is built around kind of getting your hands dirty. There are interactive puzzles, there are code writing challenges. So as you're learning, you're going to be actively involved with material. And this not only makes your learning process more efficient, but it keeps your interest higher as you're learning as well. Now within their library, you're going to find a full math suite of courses from the basics of number theory to algebra and geometry, all the way up to differential equations to math for trading and finance to statistics. They also have science courses. They have a brand new one on scientific thinking. They also have a brand new course on calculus in a nutshell. So it's a little bit of a more uh, streamlined introduction to calculus that you might want to take. And they also have computer science courses, one on neural networks, which is pretty new, but also computer science algorithm courses, one on how computer memory works. So if you want to understand the fundamentals of computer science, then definitely check those courses out as well. 
So if you go over to brilliant.org slash College of Vogeek, you can sign up and start learning for free today. Now with their free plan, you get access to a feature called Daily Challenges, where every single day you're going to get a new challenge, which you can use to cut your teeth on potentially a new area that you haven't checked out in the past, but also make learning and problem solving a daily habit. And if you're one of the first 200 people to use that link and sign up, you're going to get 20% off your annual premium subscription, which gets you access to all of those courses and the entire archive of Daily Challenges. So once again, brilliant.org slash College Info geek and be one of the first 200 people to sign up big thanks as always to brilliant as well for sponsoring this episode and being a big supporter of our show and let's get back into it i mean on that note i want to ask a question um what is productivity anyway well that seems hard because a lot of the descriptions i want to give are just as vague <laughs> but they they're good buzzwords like getting things done you know it's just like yeah it's just more buzzwords um, I guess it's just, for the most part, to me, it seems like it's doing a bunch of things primarily for their extrinsic rewards mm. that might make you successful or impressive, but you're doing them primarily for the extrinsic reward, not because you're just really excited about it. At some point you're like, well, I'm going to do this because I have to be successful rather than, man, I'm going to keep drawing. It's really fun. You know, it's. Like, I feel like you could draw every day for 30 days just because you thought it was really fun. Or you could say, I'm going to make this a system and I'm going to do it and I'm going to publish it and it's going to be the greatest. And then yeah. you, once you've kind of forced it into that hole, it becomes productivity in my mind. doesn't mm -hmm. mean you hate it, but you're, you're more focused on either showing it to others for the purposes of feeling successful or the extrinsic rewards that you get from doing it rather than internal values. Yeah. I think it's an interesting discussion to have because when I think about productivity um, intensely, I don't think I would come to the conclusion that it has anything to do with extrinsic rewards. Uh, it's, I, I would say it's more like you have to get very clear about what your personal goals are. Um, what the things that you prioritize and actually care about are and then see if the actions you're taking are in alignment with those goals. But when I think about it from an emotional standpoint or from like an immediate answer standpoint, it is like, how many videos am I putting out? How much money am I making? How am I growing my business? Are the metrics going up? Yeah, like I it, guess that's, that becomes like the, the, uh, the go-to answer, right? How many subscribers have we gotten in the past X days? Yeah, like you it know, feels like a surface level is, am I being successful? That concern yeah. is the root to me. Yeah, and with your reference to the whole idea of the commoditization of the self, this ends up extending past your primary profession and it gets into other things, especially when you're trying to project like everything you're doing to the world, whether it be your hobbies or your art, or whatever it is, you start to fixate on metrics on like basically like points yeah. that give you a score. And I would contend that that is not necessarily what productivity is. We just have a lot of ingrained mental structures that lead us to uh, sort of peg the definition of productivity to those, those uh, indicators and metrics. I mean, you know, most of us live under capitalism. There's a lot of like, uh, you know, talk about merit, talk about climbing the ladder, talk about, you know, making enough money, 
doing all this kind of stuff, building a business. And we can start to think about everything in those terms. Yeah. It, it makes perfect sense when it comes to your career. That that makes a lot of sense, but it, it, it kind of leaks into everywhere else. And even if productivity doesn't start there, it seems to end there in a lot of cases where it becomes, do I have enough success points? And if not, yeah. why not? And then when you get the success points, you just compare it to somebody else with more success points mm -hmm. rather than like happiness points, which I'm capable of competing with any human on the planet on happiness points. It's within my realm, you know, but on <laughs> success points, there are people with innate advantages that are almost always going to outperform that I just can't reach no matter what I do. So one, one of those competitions is better for me if I want to feel like I'm doing well. Yeah. Sometimes I think about, um, you know, like if I were to look at my music as a, you know, success point driven thing, if I were entirely fixated on putting out songs to build my Spotify profile, um, how am I going to be thinking about my music in 10 years? Is it going to be the same? Because if so, do I want to go 10 years always thinking about playing music in terms of trying to achieve some kind of goal that's in the future? And is that going to prevent me from enjoying music as just a pure form of fun self-expression? Or, you know, or can those things exist at the same time? Yeah. yeah. Because for me, I, I, they can't always. I don't know. There's definitely a joy in creation, but if it's entirely driven by metrics and, you know, arbitrary indicators of success, I'm probably not going to feel that same joy. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I want to try to avoid right now, just because I feel like if I go back and forth between pushing my pixel art on some crazy ultra project that takes a month or two, and then just, I'm going to make some quick Animal Crossing llama shirts. That's cool. I going mm. back and forth, I can feel perfectly healthy both times and I will keep loving it. But if I think that I have to do the crazy big project over and over, it's going to burn me out and eventually it will just be over justified and become about whether I'm succeeding to other people. And I don't yeah. want to do that, but especially right now when things are stressful and I need something that I can relax with. And if nothing becomes relaxing because it's all about succeeding, you, you have no escape. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we talked about your kitchen system in my video about planning. Yeah. And uh, like you kind of use burners as the metaphor. There's actually an, another burner metaphor I wanted to talk about. Like uh, and phone? this is sort of, yeah, like burner phones. Yeah. It's yeah. very important in our business. You call those clowns with tall hats. <laughs> no evidence. Um, so there's this, there's this kind of idea that's been put around the internet and I can't remember exactly where I heard it. But um, if, if you think about your life in terms of a stovetop with four burners and like, say it's a gas stovetop where for whatever reason, like you could direct all the gas to one burner or, or you could distribute it. Um, those four burners are like your work. And one is your family and your relationships. One is your uh, health. And then one is like personal time and hobbies. And if you put all of the gas to burner number one, which is work, then there's nothing left over for the other three burners. So you could be, you know, crushing it at work. You could be doing all these great things. You could be spending all of your time getting all these external metrics of success. Meanwhile, your health is suffering. Uh, you're giving yourself no time for uh, 
the pursuit of hobbies that you enjoy. You're giving yourself no time for reflection, relaxation, um, you know, asking yourself if this is what you, how you want to live your life. You're giving yourself no time to spend time with the people you care about. You're not cultivating relationships. You're not keeping them uh, healthy. And then after a while, you find that, you know, you've gotten all these success points in the realm of work, but then there's all these weaknesses and there's all this decay around the other burners. And if you don't think about productivity in terms of external metrics, such as money earned or prestige garnered or followers gained, if you think about productivity more holistically and you include things like, you know, the status of your mental health, the continued um, upkeep of that, the status of your relationships, um, you know, we often talk about like relationships being like the true wealth that we have in life. If you think about productivity in that way, then putting all of the the gas towards that work burner is not very productive. Yeah. Because you're letting things sort of fall by the wayside in other areas of your life. And I think a lot of people, um, they understand this intrinsically, but then there's this sort of um, just like a bouncing about effect where they will be putting a ton of time into work, realize they have overcommitted and then overcorrect, just like drop so much work so they can focus on health or relationships or whatever it is. And I guess for me, like the ideal would be to strike a balance between all of them. Um, and I know that balance isn't always going to remain perfect and remain static, but over a long period of time, I would like to have on average, a good balance between all those four areas of life. Yeah. And, and that's like maybe a better definition of productive in it. Cause you're productive in the sense of happiness, but clearly productive comes from like capitalistic subconscious sort of areas. It's product it's being or creating product is like, you know, but being productive yeah. in the sense of producing happiness for yourself or others might be a better whole. And yeah, um, yeah, I just think there are a lot of things that we can do that we can try not to do in a way that makes them about success points. Mm -hmm. There was a video, um, Linus Sebastian, the guy who runs Linus Media Group, he put out a video when the Linus Tech Tips channel hit 10 million subscribers. Uh, and it was just titled, I've been thinking of retiring. It was <laughs> kind of, it was kind of crazy because you think like a channel hitting 10 million subscribers, they would put out some kind of huge celebratory thing um, try to do something special, but his was a, it was a 30 minute stream, just him at his house, sort of, uh, dumping a lot of feelings he'd had, you know, kind of pent up. And, you know, the, the conclusion of the video is I'm not retiring, but I, I have to kind of redefine what I'm doing this for. Um, I have to make sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I have to make sure I'm doing it in a balanced way. And something that really struck me was he's kind of talking about conversations he'd had with his wife about, you know, like when, when are you going to kind of pull back a little bit from work and be around more, especially now that we have kids. And he had said like, you know, he'd said like, I'll keep pushing until they're old enough to, you know, understand that dad needs to be around. And then it got redefined to I'll keep pushing until they're in elementary school. And there was like sort of this, um, reflection on how we can continually justify uh, pushing and pushing and pushing in work because a lot of those relationships are taken for granted. And it just sort of struck me like 
that's a channel with 10 million subscribers, 30 odd employees, almost 40 now, maybe, uh, you know, so many success metrics by anybody's count, but, um, the guy who's running it all, the guy who's the, the, the boss of it, um, felt that there was a huge imbalance enough to where he was, he wanted to talk about it publicly. And I'm like, okay, so if I keep pushing in my work, like it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. I could very well find myself in the exact same position where there are some regrets I'm expressing and possessing more money, possessing more prestige, possessing more success, more followers. That isn't going to, that isn't going to like, you know, make that any, any better. It isn't going to, um, I guess like mitigate the damage I could cause by not maintaining a balance. So I've been trying to think about that ever since watching that video. And I don't know, per perhaps my reaction to all this happening made me quash that down because I got scared about the future. Um, but I want to yeah, keep it in mind. Reasonable response, but yeah, it's just like there's more to life than like hashtag hustle crush it, which mm -hmm. is, you know, just it, it goes too far because also that, that kind of the community that loves that kind of crush it stuff, they'll, they'll become their own echo chamber of, yeah, just do it over and over and over. And there's not a lot of, wait, hold on, man. Like, I'm just going to chill for today. There's not, that's not as exciting. It's not mm -hmm. as motivating. Yeah. So yeah, there, there are definitely messages um, that people will put out there purely because it makes them look good to a certain community and to, to put out the opposite message often isn't as beneficial yeah. to your image. So, you know, they, they won't do that or they won't even consider it. Yeah. Know? So I want to maintain that balance and, you know, I would consider myself a more productive person if I was able to uh, do good work um, to the best of my ability, but also spend a lot of time with my fiance, spend time with my friends and my family, um, make sure that I'm remaining active and working out every day, or at least getting some exercise every day, and also giving myself time to do the things I really like to do in terms of hobbies. Yeah. And, you know, like reading books, things like that. I would consider myself a more productive person if I do those things than if I put out triple the videos but i'm a wreck <laughs> and yeah uh, yeah you know, like well, as soon as the camera the, goes off you just fall apart getting the dad bod <laughs> um right. one thing that i've been thinking about is uh the timing on this was perfect but i met a guy in atlanta who's a lifting coach so i've been working with him remotely and i have to film my workouts and send him the video clips so because of that, I have some built-in accountability and I've actually been pretty consistent about working out for the past couple of weeks because uh, I kind of don't have a choice, which is nice. And that's an interesting thing to dwell on for a second because when, especially when we're like all stuck at home now, I think a lot of that self-discipline and balance now falls more on you to maintain. And that is tough. It's tough to be like, all right, I am going to socialize. I'm going to work and I'm going to stick to this plan that I made for myself and I'm going to work out. 
with no accountability um, in the form of either like a coach or an accountability partner, or just in the form of social pressure that we normally get in our physical interactions with other people, it's all on you and it's much harder. So I, I feel quite fortunate that I ended up in this situation where I have a lifting coach now. Um, and I guess one thing that I would put out there is, you know, if, if you, if people who are listening to this have found that managing their time is more difficult, especially now that we're all at home, um, try to find an accountability partner. And ideally this would be a person who understands the need for balance, um, but will hold your feet to the fire with regards to what you tell them you want to do. Yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense because you're doing something and I assume that it brings you some form of joy to remain in good health. So oh it's yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like it's, it's worth it. It's not, it's not like you're torturing yourself saying if I don't become like a triple double beefcake, you know, then it's not good enough. Well, I will that is what I'm going until for. my biceps literally burst through my skin. And that's, I am going for triple double beefcake, but so, and, and that's like, well, I wouldn't do that. That's probably not a great idea, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I think that we should just try to take some time to reassess and don't do productive things for entirely the sake of being productive. Like I still yep. track habits the ones that bring me joy on a daily basis, the ones that I'm like, I, yeah, I'm glad I'm doing that. Not if I don't do it, I'm a failure, but more if I do it, I'll be happy. It's yeah. Do I have a positive or negative attitude uh, behind it? Well, for me, the uh, it, it's been kind of tough for like personal exercise motivation because while I want to be strong, while I want to be fit, while I want to look a certain way, those typically are not good enough motivators for me to consistently exercise, which is why I choose exercise that is fun for me. That's why I climb. That's why yeah. I ice skate, why I ski. And all of those things have been taken away from me now. I can't climb. I can't go skating. I can't go yeah. skiing. All of the mountains have been closed. Um, I can lift weights. I can ride my bike. I can go for runs. Uh, very fortunately, I have the DDR machine so I can play DDR. Uh, which is that is very fun for me, but that's just cardio. So there's like not really a fun way for me to maintain physical strength. Uh, so having the accountability there is, is quite helpful for me. Yeah. Cause um, you'll want to get back to the stuff that you enjoy when you can, you don't want to be like, I oh, can't, yeah. I literally, I can't do this anymore. I've lost. The mo I mean the moment, everything. the moment those climbing gyms open back up like, yeah. <laughs> and it's safe to do so, I'll be going right back and climbing yeah. again because that's what I really want to be doing. But um, yeah, yeah, and so your your productivity in the sense of maintaining a workout thing makes sense because it's lining up so that you'll live the life you want to experience rather than like just one that sounds like worth it, whatever worth it means. You know, worth it is yeah. weird and loaded and filled with judgments, but you want to experience those things, so it makes sense to work toward those experiences. Mm-hmm. And I also want to be fit and healthy. I mean, I felt that uh, January and February were not amazing times for me in terms of, um, you know, putting time into workouts. Like I was, I was doing climbing a decent amount, but it's still not to the level that I would usually do. 
And since I've been working with the coach, it's, I don't know. I like the consistency. I like being active every single day. Maybe one, like one rest day on the weekends. Yeah. That's just something that's very valuable to me in an intrinsic way. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, one of the things I think people could do is reassess their productivity, try to focus it on the parts that they enjoy or that will bring them joy later, not just success, whatever that is. But also maybe pick up, uh, one could pick up a new hobby or a craft or an art form that doesn't have any obvious reward. You could start learning how to crochet Yamigurumi dolls or something. And then uh, don't. I think it's high, high puff Yamigurumi dolls. Yeah, you could make those. but And then like don't immediately think I should start a brand new social media account and gain a following for these because that, then, these. then you're like, Oh no, I've made it work. And now I have to keep doing it forever. <laughs> but I really only wanted to make these like twice and then I was going to be good. But now yeah. I have a hundred people and they all want more. It's like, you could just pick up something. Don't even, don't even make it about that. Don't even allow it to be about that. Mm-hmm. Like I've been writing a song for the last year, largely for myself or for my stepdad and for my family after I lost my stepdad. And I still don't know if I'm ever going to put it anywhere else. I've thought about it, but I don't really know if it's something it would have to bring value to other people because that's not, I don't need attention for that. The only person I've shown is like, like Ashley knows about it. And my mom has heard early versions of it for reasons that make sense. I'm writing music and just very possibly not sharing it at all. I don't I don't know. It's not for that sort of a reward. So art can be very valuable even just to yourself. Yeah. So you don't feel the need to put your art out to the world in order to get fulfillment from having yeah. made it. Yeah. Like clearly that particular song has its own motivations that are not success or people saying, wow, that's so good. Cause like, I wouldn't even know how to respond to a compliment like that on a topic of such seriousness. I'd be like, what? Okay. I, I'm not thrilled about, about it. And, and then <laughs> yeah. like, it's just, we don't have to make everything something we're going to show off with. And then right. on, on that note, this, this whole mindset of needing some sort of balance and not pushing yourself to the point to a, to like a breaking point. This isn't just, for the pandemic thing we're going through. Like, I mean, I think about my stepdad every day ever since then. I can't, I can't like let it go. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been as productive in the last year as I have been in university years. I was way more like I'm going to push myself a thousand times over and do the craziest things and manage it all somehow. But if you've got stuff going on, you need to balance it well, or you can't really succeed. You'll just get some hollow success that then becomes too much to bear. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that I wanted to say before we end this, and I'm not sure what else you have to say, but uh, something I think about when it comes to the idea of productivity is the acceleration of returns. Um so the, the way the human mind deals with numbers is not linear. We tend to think of numbers in more exponential terms. So for example, uh, say you start a YouTube channel and you hit 100 subscribers and that feels great to you. 
the next milestone in your head is not likely to be 200 subscribers. It's going to be a thousand or 500 at the least. That's just like the natural inclination that we have. And then you're going to hit that and it won't be 2000. It'll be 5,000 or 10,000, whatever it may be. And over time, the next milestone in your head just gets further out, further out, further out. And it can be, uh, it can become like almost like an addiction to seeing your returns, not only continue to go up, but to accelerate. And that can lead to feelings of, uh, you know, not feeling worthy of feeling unproductive when your returns are no longer scaling in the way that they used to. And uh, the fact is that even though our minds are sort of wired to expect this more exponential or at least, you know, nonlinear growth, the way the world works is not, it's not going to always sustain that. At a certain point, your mind will expect a level of growth that just cannot be achieved. Yeah. So you have to sort of step back and remind yourself that uh, acceleration is not necessarily the metric that you should be following. Even when we're focusing in on work, you know, if you, if you do something and, and you've done it well, um, you've worked to the best of your ability, you've created something you're proud of and it gives value to people. It is not a failure just because it doesn't uh, massively outpace the last effort or, you know, even if it doesn't, match the same level of certain indicators of success as your last effort, that doesn't mean it's a failure. It may have still had a lot of intrinsic value and it may still have been a, a very good use of your time. Yeah. It's just, so, those are maybe the wrong numbers to focus on sometimes. Yeah. In fact, out of everything that I track, even the habits that I'm still doing, the things that make me happiest are actually just the social tracker, keeping track and, and noting, hey, I'm keeping in touch with everybody. That just, I'm thrilled about that. There is never a time where I'm like, oh, I guess I need to talk to them so I can mark it down. Because uh, <laughs> I'd probably just delete them from the list at that point. But yeah, I, I'm, it just brings a ton of happiness. But my, you know, YouTube metrics won't tell you how many friends you've talked to today. It's not going to give you anything that has an inherent intrinsic value. It's going to show you views, which are also somewhat arbitrary because you got to hope people randomly get it suggested to them. You, all sorts of stuff goes into that. That's less. It's it's less close to home. Yeah. In the same sense as, am I enjoying this? Am I helping the people around me? Etc. So I think the overall idea here is to just sort of reflect on what's really important to you, uh, how you're balancing your life and, you know, making sure that you're not simply chasing certain indicators of success that we hold up in society as important, but may not actually be useful or important to you, given your own personal priorities the things that you know you think are useful to fixate upon in your life. Uh, and now would be a great time to think about those things because it's perfect time. We're, we're all kind of stressing ourselves out. <laughs> well, it's the perfect time also because uh, I mean, a lot of people are going to be under like the whole, all of Colorado is under the stay at home 
thing where we're, yeah. we're not supposed to go out and do much. A ton of people are stuck at home much more than normal. I have a lot of time to think right now, but also all of my previous habits are broken, which means now is a unique opportunity to create new ones when this is ended, when I can leave when I want to again. I can reconsider, hey, was I going to that coffee shop every day because that was a good idea or because I was just used to it? Let's consider. Maybe I could do something different instead. Mm -hmm. The perfect time to start a new habit is when all of your habits have been ripped away from you. You've got a clean <laughs> slate. That's true. Yeah. I mean, what did Rahm Emanuel say? And it was like, a lot of people think of this as a callous thing he said, but uh, he, he had a good point. It was like, never waste a good crisis. Um, and it's because like when, when there is a crisis, people are kind of pushed to change in ways that they will not, uh, they will not be willing to do when things are just the same way as they've always been. Yeah. Like big changes tend to spur changes in behavior, tend to spur a lot of reflection. Um, you know, it doesn't mean the crisis is a good thing, but it does mean that it, no, it does but... give us an opportunity. It, it kind of creates like this psychological impetus to potentially change what we're doing. How can we come out of this closer to the kind of person that we want to be than we were before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about your social tracker system next week. Uh, can do. So we're going to talk about what you can do to help your community. And I think that's going to include all of your relationships as well. So we'll dig into your social tracker in addition to talking about some other things that could be done. Um, so I think that's going to do it for this episode, unless you have like another hour-long list you want to dig into? Uh, I've actually got three more hours. Of you want to tack three more hours on? Okay. Yeah, we're just going to... I'm not going anywhere. Just copy and paste different portions of this conversation so that it seems like we looped back around. <laughs> and then maybe... I'm just going to chop maybe the at least out of another someone, Maybe somebody won't notice. And they'll just I bet be you like, if I... <laughs> we just got off on a tangent. <laughs> I bet you if I chopped the middle out of uh, certain episodes and dropped it in and matched the audio, we could it could maybe. make it seem like it was just a little bit of a tangent, <laughs> but not too far off. Now, how we do people do know it. that the middle portion of this podcast wasn't something we already recorded years ago? They can't know. No, you'll never know. Actually, I think I think this may be the first episode of the podcast I've ever recorded with this microphone. So, oh, that looks fancy. Especially I mean, when Zoom glitches while, it out just... and makes it turn into ocean for a second. Like, that's pretty That's pretty cool. And it's gone. Wow. Yeah, people can't see my fun background. It's like fish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, this is episode 292. So you can go over to cigpodcast.com slash 292 and get the show notes for it. I'm not sure if we mentioned any resources in this episode. This is more philosophical. Search but... your soul wherever, wherever a link <laughs> to that is yeah a link to your soul <laughs> just gonna link um, a stupid image otherwise cigpodcast.com is where you can go to subscribe to the show we're on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher all the things and all the stuff and uh i should probably say this on every episode until the college info geek podcast ends um stick around on this feed because we're just going to change the name of the podcast Yep. And, and it'll I don't still know, auto download like, right to your stuff. Yep. It'll just be maybe just, it'll be the sequel. 
Yeah. It's going to be called the College Info Geek Podcast 2. Electric Boogaloo. That's the new title. (laughs) It's just called the Electric Boogaloo Show now at this point. Uh, Yeah. I think that's it. So, if you enjoy this show, you can always share it with a friend. Let them know what your favorite episode is. Since we're all communicating with friends through computers right now, it should be very easy to send them a link. You know, when you're in person, you have to like say, you know, this podcast I like, let me get my phone out and show it to you. Now it's like, no, I just Uh, text, text two friends. I'm on my phone already. Ask them to text (laughs) two more friends. Ask them to text two more friends. Yeah. It's like a podcast MLM thing, except for we're not going to pay you any money for getting a downline. (laughs) Not at all. Zero dollars, sir. This is for the intrinsic Uh, value. Yes. Yeah. You're just going to feel some sort of, I don't know, like warmth in your soul for sharing an educational podcast with a friend or for giving us a rating and review on iTunes or Apple podcasts. If you do happen to use that service, I think that's the only one that has ratings and reviews, but it is cool to see them when they come in. Uh, other than that, collegeinfogeek.com is where you can go to see lots of other cool stuff. Well, I will make one more little announcement thing. So, um, you know how we talk about the 1% rule a lot? The oh, idea yeah, yeah. of like yeah. getting 1% better with each thing you put out. Well, I noticed that like, I, I mean, I absolutely do that for my videos. Every video I make, there's like something I focus in on often a couple of things, but it's like, you know, I'm trying to make inter- incremental improvements. Uh, it's usually just whatever interests me at the time. But uh, for the last video, I'm like, Hey, why don't I just like put out a little log of the 1% improvements I made. And then I made a little journal on my personal website um, which is just like my little 1% rule journal. So I'm pasting my new videos there when they come out and I'm adding a little bit of a description of the things that I did to sort of push my knowledge and my skills in this craft. So it might be like script writing improvement. It might be, oh, hey, I got better at color grading in this episode or I found a new tool, whatever it is. And I think like if I do this for a long time, um, you know, I mean, I've mean, been making videos for a long time and there's been a lot of 1% improvements, but I think it would be really cool to look back and actually see a record of those 1% improvements over time. So a little experiment that I'm running, but in the show notes, we'll have that linked there. And uh, for the show notes uh, for Guillerme, um, if you just go to my personal website and then go to articles, it's right there, my 1% journal. So yeah, check that out if you're curious. Otherwise, that's it. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. We will see you in the next episode. Stay cute.